Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of the Tim King Show. As always, your boy TK in the house. And the TK Show is live and exclusive right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And as always, if you're watching this video right now on YouTube, please go ahead, hit that like button on this video. Go back to other videos, hit that like button. And most importantly, Please, please, please hit that subscribe button and the website. Go and check out the website, bloodlinenetwork.com. It's your home for sports, wrestling, and entertainment. All of our podcasts, our audio, our video, everything all under one spot, bloodlinenetwork.com. Please go and check it out. And folks, it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. We are right here for our AEW Dynamite post-game show. And I'm, I'm alone tonight. I am alone. Uh, Justin has some things going on. So I'm just coming in, doing a quick little show for you. Probably be 30 minutes in and out. What we're plans tonight. We're going to recap the show. And I am going to play a little quick topic battle royal with myself. A couple of things I want to talk about from tonight's show. Really get my opinion out there on it. And then we're going to ride out into the sunset. It was a fun show tonight. We had a lot of good in-ring action. We had a debut tonight. I didn't even know Roderick Strong was a free agent or was released from WWE. Roderick Strong is all elite. Him and Adam Adam Cole um, shared this hug in the middle of the ring. Oh, my God. Goosebumps. Nipple mania. Ivan, when Ivan listens, I had nipple mania, man. I had goosebumps going absolutely crazy. And the Four Pillar story was good. To end the show with the BCC and the Elite, that continues to be their best story. And let's just kind of run down the show as we do every week. So, Dynamite started tonight as Dynamite starts most weeks. Orange Cassidy defending the International Championship. And this time it was against Bandito. Oh, my God, as we expected. Hell of a match. It was a really, really fun match. A lot of great back and forth action. Um, It really had me a believing at different points that Bandito was going to walk away with the championship. And it kind of makes sense. You know, Orange is at this great reign. Let Bandito come in. It's a fresh guy. Give him a good run. The guy is so uber talented, and he's over with the crowd. But after a great match, Orange Cassidy ended up pulling out the win. He had this nasty, like, um, Bandito threw him in the air high as hell. Popped down Superman, or Orange Punch, and knocked him down, dude. Nasty, nasty way to end that match. So Orange Cassidy go ahead and beat Bandito, retains the international championship, and that's like his 13th or 14th defense. After the match, it was really cool. He grabbed some sunglasses, went to put him on Bandito, wouldn't really fit around his mask, but Bandito raised his hand. They went backstage together. It was a nice little moment. So speaking of backstage, Renee Cole sitting there, or Renee um, Paquette's back there. She's interviewing Adam Cole. That's awkward, Renee Cole, huh? Um, she's not talking to Adam Cole. Adam Cole's heated, man. He says he wants Chris Jericho. He wants him later tonight. He's going to the ring. He's calling out Chris Jericho. If Chris Jericho doesn't come out to the ring, he will go and find Chris Jericho. And then a really funny segment right after that with Renee, where Orange Cassidy and Bandito then came out from the arena, or ringside, into the back, and they, and they ask her what's going on. She's like, what do you mean what's going on? He's like, what's going on? So she explains the Adam Cole situation, what happened last week, and then Orange Cassidy just looks at her and goes, oh, and walks away. And Bandito walks up to her and goes, oh, and walks away. I don't know. Little things like that. I thought it was really funny. Orange Cassidy is just so over with the crowd. His in-ring work is fantastic. 
and like his character work, obviously that's his best work is on point on fire right now. Orange Cassidy is the real deal. Holy field of, of AEW right now. Go and check out my power rankings. He's been consistently top four all the way up to number two, two weeks ago, slid down to number three last week. I digress. Go to bloodlinenetwork.com. Check out the AEW weekly power rankings. I do them every single week. Go and check that out. Back from commercial break. We are backstage again with Renee. This time she's got Darby Allen and Jack Perry back there. Darby and Jack, they're talking. They have an exchange. Darby says, you know, they said some disrespectful things to each other last week. He doesn't um, hate Jack. He doesn't disrespect Jack. He does have respect for him. And Jack basically retorts similar to Darby, says he wishes it was him versus Darby in the match tonight. Darby asked if Jack could have his back tonight. Uh, Jack kind of looked at him like, ah. Um, Darby says he wishes that Jack was right. And it was the match as well. And he was, it was Darby versus Jack because Darby's already beat Jack and he would do it again. Jack said Darby got a little lucky last time. Little friction there. They obviously don't like each other. They have the promos. They've been going back and forth on each other over the last couple of months. I've weeks. I love the story. I love the four pillar story. They've done such a great job telling the story. Next match, we get Dax Hardwood taking on Jeff Jarrett. Fucking Christ, man. Jeff Jarrett just needs to get off my TV. Sorry, De Niro, but, man, I'm over this dude. It was a really good, fun, fundamental wrestling match. Some good chain wrestling in it. Jeff Jarrett showed for his age. He really still can go in the ring. I was just over Jeff Jarrett when he was the WCW champion. I was over Jeff Jarrett in TNA. I'm sure shit over Jeff Jarrett in 2023. I digress. The match was fun. Dax had the match well in hand. Sanjay Duck came out, distracted Dax, rent. Dax chased him around the ring, back into the ring, into a stroke from Double J for the one, the two, and the three. Double J beats Dax Hardwood on Dynamite. Pretty fucking wild stuff. Obviously, we're going to be going to a tag team title program between, between those two sets of teams. Next up, Tony Khan's big announcement. I thought it was going to be Collision here in Chicago, June 17th. CM Punk's back. It was not that. He talked about the Owen Hart Foundation. Really cool announcement. So he says the Owen Hart Foundation tournament um, will be back. The opening ceremonies for the tournament will begin at Double or Nothing. And the whole tournament will take place in Canada. Some of it at Forbidden Door. And the finals will take place in Calgary on July 15th. Super cool announcement from Tony Khan. Also at Forbidden Door, we got to assume, Tony mentioned how Owen was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, so New Japan was near and dear to his heart. Got to assume we're going to see some New Japan talent in this tournament. Really, really looking forward to that. Next, War Daddy came out with Arn Anderson. He defeated a local enhancement talent. Kind of want to get him on the show and ask him how those power bombs look. One of them looked really nasty. The second power bomb he took, boom, rough. But he took about six of them. Uh, he took the power bomb, seventy and crowd was Super into Wardlow. It was really nice to see because he felt like it was getting flat for a little bit. Arn Anderson grabs the mic. He says he scouted the whole locker room of all 150 people back there. He chose Wardlow because Wardlow, just like the NFL draft, when you're looking for a guy, you want him to be that dynasty player. Wardlow is the dynasty player in AEW's locker room. He is that guy who could take AEW to the next level for 40 years. I do believe it. I've said the exact same thing. Look at that. Look at that man. Look at that man. He is that dude. He is everything. So I love that promo from Arn. During it, Christian's music hit. Luchasaurus came out. They kind of did a face-off from the outside. Christian T's getting in the ring. He didn't. Clearly, we're going to get Luchasaurus and Wardlow at some point for the TNT Championship. I don't know if that's at double or nothing. Maybe we get a triple threat and Hobbs gets involved. I can fuck with that for sure. A Wardlow, Hobbs, and Luchasaurus match. 
that would be a lot of fun. Let's keep it going. Sammy Guevara and Anjay Upper backstage with Renee. A lot of backstage stuff with Renee. Renee killed it tonight. Her facial expressions in a lot of these segments were awesome. Um, so they're backstage with Renee. They're talking. They kiss each other on the forehead to start the segment, believe it or not, as crazy as that sounds. Then they talk about their plan, how they got to invoke for MJF to keep the title. Sammy's going to go ahead and beat Darby tonight. Sammy's going to go ahead and lay down to MJF at double or nothing, thus cashing his monster check. Sammy actually got MJF a present, which was a matching vest. MJF got Sammy a present as well, a Burberry scarf. They hugged awkwardly and kissed each other on the cheek to end the segment. Wild stuff, like I said. Renee's faces were fucking fantastic. Back from break, RJ City. RJ City is backstage talking about the elite. Instantly gets jumped like a fucking clean clock by Mox right across his face. Um, Beaten Wheeler and Claudio are there. Moxley says the elite are going to get fucked up tonight. And they are going to have scars. Let's leave it at that. I was like, oh, shit, all right. BCC means business tonight. Go back to the ring. We get the Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara match. Winner of this match gets MJF at double or nothing in the main event. MJF was on commentary. Fucking, this guy was a trip, man. Commentary was ridiculous on this match. MJF had this thing of pickles. I guess it's like his own pickle brand that he had. Him and Tony were going back and forth about these pickles. He asked Taz to get the pickles. Taz, like, reached in to grab the pickles with his hand, and he's like, wait, you don't have a fork? Like, it was all awkward and shit, but it was really, really funny. And MJF, like, continually talked about these pickles, like, Three times the match itself. I mean, come on, Darby and Sammy. What do you? What would you expect? The match was fucking awesome. It was a really good back and forth match. At one point, Sammy Guevara hit a six thirty senton through a table on the outside. Like holy shit! I say it every single time this man wrestles. Sammy Guevara is one of the most underrated talents in the world, and it is so glad to finally see him getting his due in a huge world championship program. Love that man, dude. So then what happens is how the match ends, they go ahead and do the Eddie Guerrero, right? So MJF grabs Darby's skateboard, throws it to Darby. Darby's like, what the fuck? Sammy hits the mat. Referee Paul Turner, who was distracted by Ty Conti, who wouldn't be, turns around and looks at Sammy on the ground. Darby holding the skateboard, calls for the disqualification, and there you have it. It's announced your main event for double or nothing, MJF against Sammy Guevara for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So Tony Schiavone, MJF picks up a mic while the, while he's talking. Tony Schiavone says he's got TK in his ear talking. And MJF continues to talk. Tony Schiavone stands up and goes, listen up, you prick. And I just fucking died, dude, because you know how much Tony hates this guy. So Tony Schiavone goes, listen up, you prick. And MJF goes, whoa, you can't talk to me that way. And Schiavone goes, I just did. And he goes, I just talked to Tony Khan. Sammy Guevara, since he won the match, since he won the pillar number one contenders tournament, will be in the main event at double or nothing. But there will be a tag team match next week where Jungle Boy and Darby team up against Sammy and MJF. And if Jungle Boy and Darby get the win, then they are in the four pillars world championship main event match at double or nothing. Dope. Like it. I love how they've booked this. They've really stretched out. From the first promo, I think it was the second show um, after Revolution to now. And they have just done a fantastic job telling this story. So after that, um, I'm back from break. MJF storms out of the arena. Sammy Guevara was like with him. Like everything MJF said, Sammy Guevara repeated. MJF goes again to his SUV. Sammy Guevara goes to follow him. And MJF goes, oh, no, no, no. It's all full. And Sammy's like, oh, dude, like what the fuck? All right. So a little friction there. Obviously, they're going to lose next week. Darby. And Jack are going to get the win and go on to double or nothing. Let's go, baby. 
keeping the show rolling. Adam Cole comes to the ring for a cuts promo. Says he's going to hurt Chris Jericho. He says, Chris, come to the ring. And he didn't come to the ring. So Adam Cole says, fuck it. I'm going to go find you. Cole goes to find him. Jericho shows up on the screen. And goes and says, he doesn't want to be anywhere near Adam Cole. Adam Cole's a fucking coward for last week. Like, who just lets their woman get beat up while they're handcuffed like that? And just goes in on Adam Cole. And then he says, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to come fight you, but the JAS is going to come fight you. So Jake Hager and 2.0 came out with Danny Garcia, and they laid down a beatdown 4 and one on Adam Cole. Cool. Orange Cassidy and Bandito come out to make the save. They kind of teased that, preluded that earlier with that segment I just talked about. Four on three, we're getting beat down. We're getting beat down. I'm thinking someone's got to come out and make this save. I know Kyle O'Reilly's not ready, and Bobby Fish isn't a big deal. I never in a million, million years would have expected this. Roderick Strong, oh, my God. And if you know TK, dude, I love the man who breaks backs, dude. Love me some Roderick Strong, dude. Huge fan. So I, like, stood up out of my seat, screamed, fist bumped. Oh, I was pumped. And then Roddy clears the ring. You got Cole, Roddy, they're staring at each other. Huge hug in the middle of the ring. Oh, baby, like I said earlier, nipple mania, dude. God, that felt so good. What a great, great, great moment that was. Come back from break, get a QTV segment. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs ain't fucking around. He walks right up to QT Marshall, chokes him, throws him against the wall and says, I was better off following the books of Book of Hobbs than following you. You better fix this. Uh, QT Marshall looks at the team and goes, let's go to plan B. It'll be interesting to see what plan B is. Then we go to the TN or the TBS championship match. Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. If Taya uses her finish on the road to Valhalla, she will be disqualified. So you knew instantly that Jade's going to win this match because Taya ain't winning the match without her finisher. Thinking this is going to continue into double or nothing. Jade did win the match. It was a back and forth match. Jade had some some good high moments in this match, which you would expect working with such a veteran like Taya. She had this nice springboard superplex um, in, in the corner, which is a really nice move. And then she had a Canadian destroyer. I think Taya did most of the work on it, which, you know, the other person does most of the work 90% of the time anyway. But it looked a little awkward with Jade doing it. But nonetheless, dude, I got to give Jade her credit out there. Doing her thing, learning new moves. The run, jump, springboard into the superplex in the corner was nasty. The Canadian Destroyer was nasty. The match ended when Taya went for the road to Valhalla, put Jade down, and Jade did a roll-up where she, like, grabbed her tights, I guess. Feud's going to continue. We're going to go to double or nothing. Then we'll see who's going to win. I can't wait for that match. I really can't. I'm looking forward to it. We go backstage again. We got DMD and Jamie Hader talking. DMD's got a black eye. Jamie's arm is in a sling. That explains why Jamie didn't come out to help Britt last week. She said Tony Storm put her arm in the sling last week. And Jamie goes ahead and says, the only way this feud's going to end is with blood and when they put them in the morgue. And I was like, let's go. Clearly, this is going to go to blood and guts, right? It's got to go to blood and guts. These women deserve blood and guts. I know this, what I'm going to talk about, probably will go to blood and guts. But I think these women deserve blood and guts. Anyway, main event time. Brian Danielson comes out for commentary. It's Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshka against Butcher and the Blade. Butcher and the Blade had Penelope Ford. Kip Sabian come out with them. Omega and Takeshka get the win pretty pretty easily. I mean, Butcher and Blade are incredibly underrated as well. But we knew where we were going with this. This whole match was just storytelling for the elite in the BCC. Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshka get, get the win. Takeshka hits flying knee. I believe it was on Blade. Um, or I was on the Butcher for the three. Funny thing here. It was the first time I've heard this in a 
really long time. We had CM Punk chants in the crowd. Then people started booing the CM Punk chants, but I loved it, dude. I was like, yeah, that made me mark out a little bit on my couch too. Um, but Brian gets on the mic after the match and tells Takeshka the elite are going to ruin him. Um, after that, the BC, the BCC come out and jump Kenny Omega from behind and, and Takeshka. Well, Takeshka went to the outside kind of as they really just jumped Kenny. The Young Bucks come out. They make the save. I'm wondering where Brian is. Like, Brian's on the mic, but he kind of just, like, walks away. So, Brian's standing there on the mic. You got the BCC jumping Omega. Takeshka's on the outside of the ring with now with Brian kind of. Young Bucks come out. They lay out Claudio. They lay out Wheeler. So, now in the ring, you have Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks surrounding John Moxley. So, looks like they're going to do their triple V trigger or whatever. BTE, fuck they do. Um whatever amateur shit they do, right, Brian? But when they go to do that on the outside, Brian goes to Kanosuke Takeshka. He goes, hey, stop this. you got to stop this. So Takeshka comes in and stops them. Actually, what they were going to do is they were going to jam a screwdriver in Mox's head. My bad. Um, so Takeshka comes in, and he stops them from doing it. And then Moxley pushes Takeshka into Kenny, hits the paradigm shift onto Kenny, they start BCC starts to beat the elite down and get the upper hand because of what Takeshka did. So then Moxley is going to go ahead. They're going to do the screwdriver to the elite. Takeshka's like, no, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. Um, and, and, and that's where it kind of went from there. And Takeshka then started getting his hand raised by the BCC. And Takeshka is just like, no, no, no. So then Brian kind of looks at Wheeler, and Wheeler just hits him with a low blow. And then Mox jams a screwdriver into Takeshka's head. Oh, we've been waiting for the screwdriver bump for weeks. We finally get the screwdriver, and of all people, it's being jammed into Kanosuke Takeshka's head. Wow. Crazy way to end the show. BCC standing strong. We'll see what the elite even want to do with Takeshka. Maybe they hold some gripe against him for you know, what happened here and, and getting in the middle of it. We'll see. So that was your AEW Dynamite show. It was really fun from start to finish. Main event had a lot of moving pieces, which we knew was coming with the Takeshka and Omega versus Butcher and Blade in the main event. So I, I really did. I enjoyed the show um, from start to finish. On Rampage this week, we get Ricky Starks and Sean Spears taking on BC Gold and Jay White and Juice Robinson. Naturally Limitless, Keith Lee and, and Dustin Rhodes are in action. God, man. Keith Lee, fucking do something with the guy. I know, swear, but fuck. He wrestles in the main event against Jericho and he on TV other than a little vignette with Dustin Rhodes. Ah, I digress. My bad. And a JLB in action. Cash Wheeler versus Jay Lethal continuing that feud. And the Outcast will speak. And on Dynamite, we have two very nice, strong matches to start Dynamite next week. MJF and Sammy Guevara against Darby Allen and Jack Perry. Again, if Darby and Jack win, they're in the main event at double or nothing. And we have an eight-man tag featuring Jericho Appreciation Society, Danny Garcia, Jake Hager, and 2.0 against Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Orange Cassidy, and Bandito. And that should be a lot of fun. And that was your breakdown of tonight's show. And again, I want to just do a quick couple of topic battle royal. And let's just go right into the BCC versus the Elite. Damn, that was a crazy-ass segment tonight. So... I'm just trying to figure out where we're going to go from here. I thought we might get Takeshka joining the BCC. Ultimately, it made sense. He had a great match with Moxie, a great match with Claudio, a great match with Brian. He doesn't really fit 
the elite mold. He doesn't really fit with Hangman or Kenny. I thought him with the BCC as a ruthless killer would have made a lot of sense. And then you would have had those five guys. You had Brian, Mox, Claudio, Takeshka, and Wheeler. And on the flip side with the elite, you had Kenny, the Bucks, Hangman. You need one more. Who's one more? It's Kota Ibushi. It would have made total sense for them to bring Kota Ibushi in. And there's your five on five. Again, I don't know where it's going. Is it going to be a spring stampede? Is it going to be a blood and guts? The women deserve a, a big match, too. I don't know if we're going past three-on-three on, three on the women's side. I thought we were leaning towards a five-on-five on, five on the women's side as well. I don't know if the story is progressing that way or not. We might just end up with a three-on-three. A three. I don't know, you know who, that, who that ultimately is. But this should have probably been inside a five, a been a five-on-five. Five. Even now, the way the story is going, BCC, you're sitting at four. If you're adding Takeshka to the Elite, you're sitting at five. I can't wait for whatever this match is going to be. This is by far and away the best story that AEW's got going. And tonight just flipped it all around. I added all sorts of different elements. Having Takeshka try to stop the Elite and then stop the BCC and then tell them, I want nothing to do with you, was just a really, really nice spin. And then it'll be nice to see where they go next week going forward. Because again, like I said, uh, Kenny was already skeptical of working with Takeshka in the first place. What What's going to happen now that he stopped him from doing what he wanted to do to Moxley and then he ended up taking a paradigm ship for it? It'll be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm very much so looking forward to that. The Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. What a great announcement by Tony Khan. I love that it's going to be solely in Canada. That is so cool. It, it makes total sense. And for the finals to be in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and Owen's hometown, it makes a bunch of sense. Early winners, I think Kenny Omega would be a great choice to win this. I think it. Uh, I mean, you want to go, you could go younger, but I think maybe you're, you're going to want to go Canadian, right? If you want to do a Canadian talent, I think Kenny Omega is probably that Canadian talent. He could probably have a huge match with a guy from, from New Japan at, like, what if, what if, I know it's not going to happen, but, like, what if you get a Kenny Omega versus Kazushko Kata match at Forbidden Door with the Owen Hart tournament implications on the line? Like, that's super cool. I don't think it'll happen, but it would be dope. Uh, Kenny Omega seems like a great fit to win the men's side of it. He'd be a good represent, representation of it. But if he's feuding with the BCC, I don't know how we get there, but I think the BCC thing might end a double or nothing. I don't know. There's a lot of AEW's got a lot of good stuff cooking right now. You got double or nothing coming. You got forbidden door coming. We got the Owen Hart tournament mixed in with this. You got the great feud going on with the BCC and the elite. So there, there's a lot of, a lot of moving, moving parts that you can do inside of this feud, but the Owen Hart foundation though, on the men's side, I can't think of any other, Canadian, you don't want to give it to Chris Jericho. That's 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 silly. So I think Kenny, that's oh, he's kind of almost seems equally as silly to be honest, because he's so he's almost on the same level as Jericho at this point. But I think you want to go Canadian. So I think you want to go Kenny Omega there. And on the women's side, I have no idea. Um man. I guess that would be tough to go Canadian. I don't know any Canadian. I mean, Ty, Ty Belker, she just got there. I mean, she wouldn't be a bad choice. You know, put her over right away. She's great. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate if she beat Jade at double or nothing. I might talk about that momentarily. Ty Belker, she might not be a bad choice uh, on the women's side. Chris Statlander, a returning stat, wouldn't be a bad choice on the women's side. Ruby Stat or Ruby Soho got to the finals of the tournament last year. She wouldn't be a bad a bad choice. Anyone from the outcast, just giving Soraya something. 
So on the women's side, you have a lot of flexibility there. Even like an upcoming star like Willow Nightingale getting through the tournament, that would probably that's a fun, compelling story. So on the women's side, you have a lot, a lot of different options. The men's side, I think you want to go Canadian. I think you want to honor Owen. I think you want to do Kenny Omega. So that I'm looking forward to seeing. It's just so many different options. And who doesn't love a good tournament? Especially you get one on the men's side, one on the women's side, honoring the men. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Roderick Strong is all elite. Oh, my God. Like I said earlier, I marked out like crazy. I was so surprised. I couldn't believe it. When I seen his music, I saw like SRS pop up, and I'm like, the fuck? That better not be Sean Ross Sapp, dude. And then I was like, Roderick Strong. I'm like, oh, thank fucking God, dude. And uh, that was awesome. It was such a surprise. It clears the ring of the JAS. Where do we go from here is the question you want to ask. He is all elite. He signed. He got the banner on Twitter and everything. So he is there. you got to think that they're going to put UE back together, right? you got to think they're going to put them back together, right? The Undisputed Era. I mean, they were, they were such a hot ass. I know Kyle Riley's hurt. So you got time to put this back together. you got time for Kyle to amend. I know Bobby Fish is doing this thing over there with Team Filthy in New Japan. But at the end of the day, at some point, the way that you – you mix and match talent from all these different rosters. I mean, Ty is working with MLW. I know Bobby is not. It's not MLW. It's New Japan. You're working with New Japan for Forbidden Door. You get Bobby Fish if you want Bobby Fish. Exactly. Like how I just had to talk all this stuff out. You get Bobby Fish if you want Bobby Fish. So if you want the four of them together, even just to be in the ring, even just to put on a stable, even just to t- sell T-shirts, you could do that now because you could possibly have the four of them all under one roof at the same time. You have three of them under contract right now. And let's remember, Kyle O'Reilly was getting a push like no other before he got hurt. He got to the finals of the title tournament against John Moxley. He beat Orange Cassidy clean. He beat Jack Perry clean. He was getting some big, he beat Darby Allen clean. He was getting some big wins before he got hurt. So let's hope that Kyle O'Reilly comes back. And dude, seeing Roddy, now he's with his friends. He's with his wife. This man's going to be happy. I am so happy that this man's going to be happy. Get one last run. And hey, he can probably help some of the kids in, in the back too with training. That dude is just fantastic at all different facets of the game. The four-pillar fatal four-way story for the title. I loved it again. I loved it. Anytime you get a little Eddie Guerrero um, uh, play into it, I loved it. You know, Like I said, Ty came out, distracted Paul Turner. The skateboard spot with MJF, Darby, and Sammy, that was super cool. And then we all knew that this had to be a fatal four-way. They didn't have to announce it was a fatal four-way a month ago, though. I like how they told this story. And a lot of people were unhappy was it last week? Uh, yeah, last week when they announced it was going to be the tournament, the pillar tournament, the winner's going to get a shot one-on-one. And I'm like, hell no. They have built this around the four of them. They are telling the story of the four of them. There is absolutely no way that this is going one-on-one. Who's going to be? MJF and Jack? MJF and Darby? MJF and Sammy? Get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Stop it with all that. It's going to be the four of them. It's going to be great. And I can't wait to see it. And... I questioned if this match could have been the main event when it originally started, when they had their first um, segment. I was like, are these guys big enough to be the main event? Yes, 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 yes. The answer is yes. The way they have built this story up over the past two months, absolutely. They have put so much time and effort into this story that I I cannot wait for the title match at double or nothing. Obviously, Max walks away with the win. It's a matter of who he pins. Kind of think Sammy's got to take the pin, Sammy or Darby. It won't be Jack. I guarantee Jack won't be the one taking the pin. He's the one who's on the rise out of all of them. What a great story, though. 
tonight really added to it. And the pickles, the pickles were fucking hilarious. Go watch the episode for the commentary just for the pickles alone. That really, really got me going. The, the TNT Championship, Wardlow, he's got a new challenger with Luchasaurus. Potentially Powerhouse Hobbs is still around, like I said, in that QTV segment. He wants his belt back through QT Marshall up and said, I was better with just following the book instead of following you. So I'm sure he's going to go and get Powerhouse Hobbs a title shot. Hey, maybe it's an international title shot against Orange Cassidy or something. But I think he's going to go and get him another title shot. He's going to end up back involved in this story. Wardlow, Luchasaurus. That has potential to be a really fun match. Luchasaurus is incredibly underrated and was AEW's best big guy for the longest time. I look forward to this match. If it's one-on-one at double or nothing, I'm good with it. A couple of big guys doing their thing, I'm fine. I would prefer Hobbs gets his shot, though. Triple threat would be okay. Wardlow, Luchasaurus, and Hobbs, I'm good with. Arn Anderson and Wardlow, random as fuck. Absolutely love it. The way Arn described how Wardlow is going to be a dynasty, I've said the same thing. Look at the guy. He is perfect. I've said he's WWE you know, embodied, but why not be able to do that in AEW? Do it. Put all your chips into Wardlow. Everything put in there, man. And I know you're going to win the world title right now. I was, I was surprised he won the TNT championship again. I thought you keep that belt on Hobbs because I don't think Wardlow needs a TNT title. I think he's bigger than the TNT belt. I think he can be one of the guys who can be your next world champion. I think you could have went from MJF to Wardlow at like full gear. Wardlow could have just won a couple of matches, won a number one contenders match, said, Max, I fucking slaughtered you a year ago at this pay-per-view. Or, you know, it was well, when he was dumping nothing. I forget when he slaughtered him. But I slaughtered you at this pay-per-view. I beat you in fucking three minutes and destroyed you. I want the world championship, I'm coming for your ass. And then you set up a Wardlow MJF feud at like full gears. And I thought that would have been cool. You still can do that. It's still early, but I think that they're going to have him float around the mid card for a while and just kind of keep his stock there, which ultimately is fine, but they, they need to go to that well sooner than later. And maybe if they do like split shows, there'll be two, two champions. I, I, I don't know. We don't even have an announcement of collision yet. So who knows, but we'll see. And the last topic I wanted to talk about was Jade Cargill and Taya Valkyrie. Now, I thought the match itself was fine. Um, Taya's a great worker. I thought she got a lot out of Jade. As I said, I liked the springboard super, superplex spot. And I did like that she hit the Canadian Destroyer on her for sure. I like the ending most importantly because it continues a story to double or nothing. Ooh, I was going to say where I would really like Taya Valkyrie to win this championship so Jade can go on and do bigger and better things, which is, you know, the AEW Women's Championship, because I don't know what more Jade has to do in this division. If not Taya, who? Obviously, the answer is Chris Tatlander. We all want Chris Tatlander. We've all wanted it to be Chris Tatlander. When can she come around and can you rely on her? So if Taya is there, if Taya is all elite, and if you think that you could build around Taya, Pull the trigger on Taya at double or nothing. Let's do it. And again, it's not a slight on Jade. Jade needs to go and, and wrestle the big girls, right? She needs to go and wrestle Jamie. She needs to go and wrestle Britt. She needs to go and wrestle Soraya and Tony and Ruby. And these other matches, this is what Jade needs to be doing. Jade doesn't need to be fucking around with enhancement talent for whatever town you're in on random Friday nights. She needs to go play with the big girls. And let Taya take the belt from her. And then you can always have a Taya-Chris Statlander feud where Chris Statlander wins this belt. And once this belt's off of Jade, God, I hate to say fucking 
you can hot potato it like they do with the other belt, the TNT title. But once this belt is off of Jade, you can actually do things with it. You can move it to Taya, which who can move it to Stat, who can move it to a Layla Hirsch when she gets back. And you don't have to worry about Jade bogging that belt down. Ruby Soho can come and take it from Taya. And the Outcast can hold the world championship if Soraya takes it from Jamie and the TBS championship. There's a lot of different things you could do by getting that belt off of Jade. So my hope is a double or nothing. Taya beats Jade, giving her that first loss. And like I said, that was the last topic I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to get in here, get a quick AEW Dynamite review in like we do every Wednesday night right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And if you're watching live, please hit that like button on this video. I would really, really appreciate it. And again, most importantly, hit that subscribe button to the Bloodline Entertainment Network and the website. Go to the website, bloodlinenetwork.com for all your sports, wrestling, and entertainment needs. Our podcasts are all on there, all our video podcasts, all of our audio podcasts, all in one place, bloodlinenetwork.com. And for everyone who watched, everyone who listened, I really want to thank you. I really, really appreciate um, the support that we get, and I appreciate you you guys tuning in and coming back and checking out what TK is doing right here. And you can find your boy TK at The Tim King Show on all major social media outlets and Follow the bloodline at the bloodline E N T, baby. Until next time, your boy. We out.